0: Hey hey, welcome back. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. It's not woo, it's real. I'm going to dive straight into today's material. There's quite a bit to cover, and pull up that metaphysical chair and let's just cozy up around the fire and have a chat. So, reality creation and the raw materials. I just want to define what I mean by reality creation because I'm surprised that a lot of people that I know are living by this principle, don't actually know what I mean by that term. So you may have heard Abraham Hicks say, you create your own reality. But I first came across the term reality creation when I first started reading the Seth material back in the 90s. And for those of you that don't know, Seth is a channeled entity that came through to the channel called Jane Roberts in the late 60s, early seventies and was kind of really fundamental and pivotal to what we then it was already called the new age but it gave birth to louise hay material and other big names in the field of spirituality so it was there are volumes and it's just such a rich body of work i have channel envy when i look at jane roberts and i would highly recommend you read fiction as well. Oversoul of the... Overseer of the Souls? Oversoul? Something. Anyway, you'll find it. She didn't write many non-fiction, but that... I had so many kind of cosmic experiences when I was reading that. Anyway, I wasn't going to say that. You've diverted me. You're just so interesting to talk to. So back to what I was going to say. So that's where I first came across the term reality creation. And basically, it is the principle that... Everything in physical reality is the illusion and everything in our inner world is the true reality. The physical reality, the external one, is just a mirror of everything that's on our inner landscape. So it's really, it is the same of the law. But I tend not to use manifestation, the word manifestation or law of attraction because I feel like it's just diluted down the complexities and the richness and the nuances of reality creation. And then everybody believes, goes around thinking, Oh, I can't do it. I can't do this manifestation thing. I don't, the law of attraction don't work for me or, and some of the ways that I see the law of attraction principles are just like taught, are just kind of out of whack with what I think. So I'm just going to share what I believe, what I've learned and how I try to live with you so that you can just see how that lands in your system and your body how you want to filter it so i think it's really important to first of all think about our cosmology before we even get into the raw material of reality creation so what's your cosmology or how you define your spirituality is so important to It's such an important foundation from the rest of everything that I'm going to say to follow. That made no sense in English. You know what I mean, don't you? So this is like a a, a principal concept for you to consider if you've not already. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you already have. So what I mean by your cosmology is the origin of the universe. And chances are you're listening to this podcast, you probably believe in some kind of creation mythology. So the basics of why you think we're here and how you think we got here. And the reason I think this is important is particularly, you know, in the online entrepreneurial world and business world that overlaps with the world of spirituality and law of attraction principles, it all can just feel a bit cold. So I hear statements of, oh, it's just the universe testing you to see if you really want it. I don't think the universe tests us. And the way that some people talk about law of attraction, it can just leave you feeling a bit cold and not that far from a Newtonian explanation of the world where, you know, there was the Big Bang and everything's just unfolding from there. And it's just mechanical in nature. It's one big machine that's operating together. And it just feels impersonal. Like reality is just one giant mirror of your beliefs, feelings, attitudes and expectations. And then ultimately, ultimately, we're creating it all. And we're the only people that, are. you know, we're the only one that's doing that. And it just feels cold and barren and scary when you first take that step to drop in blame of any other human being or any other circumstances being in charge of creating your life and there's nuances to that but when you really start to explore the fact that you're creating your reality there's a place where you just think shit (laughs) you know when you first start to not just believe it but really grok it And really choose to live your life that way, whether you've got it all figured out or not. You know, this is a conscious choice I make every day of my life that this is how I believe the world works for me. And it can feel terrifying and lonely until you really recognize that there is a god, goddess, all that is, or an intelligent being or an intelligent field. There is a loving presence, weaving within and around all of it and you. So then it becomes what we call co-creation and that's a whole different experience. So I'm not going to spend too much time there and I do want to do a different, another episode on spirituality. But as we're talking about the raw material of reality creation and how that works really do tune into the fact that you are not alone. There is a divine intelligence that adores you and knows your name and wants you to experience whatever you're going to choose to experience in life and will help you make that happen. And if you want to explore creation myths, I highly recommend Matthew Fox's work, Beautiful, beautiful person. And it can feel terrifying and lonely if you really decide to consciously choose to believe and then assume and then really grok that you are creating it all, everything in your life and that there is nobody out there doing things to you, that you are either creating or allowing your reality it can be scary and it can kind of feel cold unless you have a creation myth or a cosmology that lets you know that there is a divine intelligence in this with you. Because without that, we can kind of slip into what I've noticed is that people use the law of attraction and these principles that we create in our own reality when they do that without Strong connection to a divine intelligence, it can lead to them slipping into this believing that you need to dominate your reality. It's really subtle, but it's still there. It's still drenched in capitalism, patriarchy, colonialism in particular. It's like, I will dominate my reality, not I will co create within my reality. And I see that in the entrepreneurial world and I can slip into that world sometimes myself and I think we really need to be careful that we don't shame ourselves if we find ourselves doing that but we are drenched in some really harsh cultural beliefs in some strict religious attitudes, some of us and I think we have to radically shift our worldview if we're going to use reality creation principles to create the world that we want to love our own and for everybody else, you know, if we want to really make a difference in this world as well as make a difference in our own lives, I think it, it calls us to really look at our cosmology and our mythology And then it becomes more about sovereignty and working with the universe, source or divine. But it's an intelligent being that knows your name and adores you and wants you to experience whatever you decide to experience. You know, free will, when you combine that with reality creation, it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. So... What I'm talking about is more like a spiritual adulthood. We're still developing ourselves. We're like God goddesses in the training while we're in physical reality. And we're learning how to create with matter, with success. (laughs) Anybody who believes that they've got a past life in Atlantis where you might have just, you know, been part of that, not going well, might have got in touch with a different aspect of power Combined with reality creation. So let's recap. Reality creation 101, before we even get into the more materials of that, it needs us to consider what and who we're creating with. And I assume that I am creating with a kind of living, breathing source of unconditional love who wants me to have whatever I desire. And for some of us, that can mean so much more than just ordering toys from the universe. It certainly can be that and that can be fun, but there's so much more. We can experience both. So just ponder, who do you think we're having this co-creation experience with? And what's your definition of the universal source or the divine intelligence? Right, raw materials. Okay, so I'll get into more complexity in a moment, but at the most basic level, this is my understanding of the process of reality creation. The raw material are beliefs, imagination and expectation. So. I'm going to demonstrate this by using an example of something that I realized in my business. And what I mean by realized is it went from intention to being in my physical reality. That's what I mean by realized. Some people say manifestation. I don't like that term at all because, yeah, I just don't. So I realized this intention within a few hours of formulating it. And it was I was asking source for a new client. So I can't replicate this every day and I know why not. And I'm working on that. It's certainly not how I run my business yet, but I know what I did and why it worked. So I'm going to take that and as an example. Using this process deliberately takes ruthless self-honesty and radical self-awareness. So what happened was I wanted a new client. I just wanted a one-off single session. So I applied the the principle of thanking this in advance of the manifestation. So those of you that know Conversations with God, it's in there. You thank in advance as though you already have it. So mine was thank you source for this single session client that landed with so much ease. Thank you so much. So that's the how. So let's break that down. Because I got to that process very quickly, but it is a process. So let's break that down. Belief. So did I believe that I could have a new client? So let's just talk about beliefs. How do you know that you really believe something? You can feel it. If you have a belief and you can't feel it as being true, you don't believe it. And if you think you do, it's just denial. So that's the whole thing about affirmations not working. You're just repeating something and EFT would say you have tail enders, you have objections that come up after you make the statement. So you know a belief is a belief, that you actually believe if you can feel it, if you can't feel it, it's just denial. So the radical self-awareness and the ruthless honesty is crucial. So I did believe it and this is why. So I did truly want one. It was pure desire. It just felt like fun. I've had many, many clients in the past, so it was easy to imagine that one might just turn up. I've got a business and I've got pathways for allowing that. And I just didn't want to send out a particular newsletter that day. I've also experienced the power of a thought in channelled sessions. I've seen how one belief, which is, you know, a thought that's repeated over and over and over and over again until we feel it and know it goes on to create a whole world, a whole world or it blocks. So beliefs block are blockers oral hours. I've seen clients with just one thought of, I can't channel. Just that one thought is enough to block the whole process. And if I have a client that believes that they can't channel, I know that we have to work on reframes on that. If I have a client that says they don't believe in channeling, I won't even work with them. There's no point. (laughs) But just that one thought will be enough to block the whole process. So I know we need reframes to start off with. Beliefs are freaking powerful. So that's the first one. Beliefs. Beliefs are blockers or allowers. Imagination. That's the next step. So I didn't really need to use this one that much on my example because I could really easily imagine creating a picture of a client showing up and a new booking. It kind of automatically happened because it's happened so many times. So when I was creating something much bigger, like my dream of moving to live by the ocean, like 15 years ago, I spent a lot more time using my imagination to imagine myself in Cornwall. I listened to Cornwall radio stations while I was still living in another county. I had a memory of being down here when I was a kid and stood with my feet in the ocean I used to use that as an imagination anchor so the bigger the belief sorry the bigger the dream feels the more your beliefs and expectations are not in alignment and so imagination is a bridge to the unseen So it starts the process off. Imagination starts to paint the picture of how reality is going to start showing up for you. So we'll come back to that in a minute. But the third step, expectation, the best description I've heard of this is from the A's. And I have actually seen this in channel sessions, too, where expectations set reality. So Your beliefs start the process off or they stop it from even starting in the first place. They allow or block. Imagination is the bridge that carries you over to whatever expectation you have got of the end result. Expectations set in stone. That's how I see it. So I have this weird experience sometimes. I always have this expectation that things are going to kind of work out for me kind of work out for me I might have a bit of trouble on the way I might have some misunderstandings but basically you know I have this expectation that I'm going to be generally understood people are going to get my positive intention I'm going to be okay that's my general expectation over things but I can have sometimes a nightmare time along the way but I eventually fall on my feet because that's my expectation But my imagination can take me to some nightmares still. So in my expectation of a client, I did expect it to just come in. I expected a client to show up for all the reasons that I have told you. So let's have a look at what can get in the way of beliefs, imagination and expectation. So the bigger your dream feels, the further away it feels or the bigger it feels for you, that tends to mean that there are more beliefs and expectations that aren't aligned with that happening. You've got more beliefs and expectations that take you away from what it is that you're wanting to experience. That's why it feels big and not just the next natural step. So in that one about the client that I've just told you about, my expectations and my beliefs were pretty all right. And then I believe in the power of asking and I believe that there's a source that is just trying its hardest to get everything that I want to me. So that's why it showed up really quickly. But for bigger ones, if they do feel big, you need to look at your expectations so that's like your worldviews a lot or your self-image and your beliefs how your beliefs blocking or allowing what it is that you want into your life so this is the art and if it is at your at the point where your dream feels bigger It feels really big compared to where you are now and you want to play around with your beliefs and expectations and shifting that. Using your imagination can be a really gentle way of doing that. So I have heard of authors who have just imagined the next chapter being written and used that first before they sat down to write. And I'm not saying that then when they sit down to write, it's easy from then on, but they're more likely to sit <laughs> and write. So we know about the power of affirmation in athletics and performance and repetition and imagining it all happening. We know about that. It's the same thing in a house move or a person you want to show up in your life. You can use your imagination to shift the beliefs and expectations. How are you using your imagination at the moment? Are you imagining what you want to come in? Are you playing with that? Are you imagining not having that? When I'm talking about imagination, you can use your imagination consciously. So you can sit down and meditate and imagine things happening just gently. Or we can use our imagination, I certainly do, unconsciously by imagining all the shite that might happen. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, I've said enough there. The other thing that I think is really, really important to bear in mind is that unhealed big T trauma or significant trauma can create a powerful pull in the imagination. So I'm speaking as somebody that experienced severe trauma in my childhood that's taken me a long time to heal and quite a bit of focused healing work. And so I understand quite a bit about how my nervous system works and how my imagination can follow my fear response. So my imagination previously would have been really difficult to pull over into imagining good things happening because it just felt so scary to not keep an eye on the nightmares, you know, the things that could go wrong. So you might want to look at healing those past events first before you start playing around with this. Or another way of saying that is be if you've got big T trauma, then be really gentle with yourself if you are finding it difficult to imagine good things or imagine what it is that you want and use your imagination in this way. I don't want to encourage any self-criticism or shaming here for reasons I won't go into, the tendency of that nervous system to pull your imagination towards things you don't want to happen and things that could go wrong is a really strong protective mechanism. So that can take some time to unpick. So how can you play with expectations? So the A's gave me a saying, what's the very best that can happen? What is the very best that can happen in these circumstances? What's the very best that I can hope for? And that has been so useful to me in the past, when I felt like I was on my way to creating a nightmare. When I asked myself, what is the very best that can happen? Then I would get an answer and it would give me a clue and a focus and something that I could start to imagine happening. So that can be a really good question. So beliefs, imagination, expectation, and then thanking this loving universe in advance for delivering that expectation, that whole package as though it's already happened. One thing I want to say about that on this small example that I've just been using that was relatively easy for me to start imagining and thanking in advance, I felt the structure of that in my body I know that sounds a bit strange, but that's how like those of us that are kinesthetic can kind of experience it. And that's when I know that that prayer, which is the asking and the thanking in advance, that I've embodied it. And so I know it's going to be on its way. I can feel the structure in my physical body. And that is the power of thoughts and feelings together. Sometimes in our spiritual world, it's all about how you feel. Don't worry about the thoughts, it's all about how you feel. And then it's no, it's all about the thoughts. Don't worry about how you're feeling, just get your thoughts aligned. And actually, it's both together and then that's what is embodied. We need both. And then you need to just completely let it go and surrender and just get on with your day until it shows up, because that is the reflection of an expectation. That you know it's on its way. So that's it. I'm not going to go into it too much because I think this is long enough already, but the more complex description of the raw materials of reality creation is thoughts, feelings, attitudes, beliefs, choices, and decisions, expectations. So you can see how all of those hold both inner and outer aspects. The outer shows up as actions. So our beliefs and attitudes start to create it. Our choices and decisions manifest it. But it's more than just think and then act. So again, thoughts, feelings, attitudes, which become belief, choices and decisions and expectations that are the complexities of the raw material of reality creation. And underpinning all of that is our beliefs about our connection to source. And it's all enlivened by our desires, imagination. Okay. Really, all you need to know is beliefs, imaginations, expectations. I would play around with one of those. So that's that. It's where reality can be relatively like straightforward in principle, if you can break it down into that but it's, it's complex to live and that's what I really wanted to convey is some teach, it is just as simple as think it and feel it and it starts to happen but when you break down the real, real materials like this you can see how nuanced it can be how trauma can get in the way and hopefully then you can stop giving yourself a hard time sometimes when we're not able to live like this so My invitation to you is to just think about beliefs, imagination and expectation and just start to play around with something. One of those things. So is there a belief that you think you believe in, but you're not quite feeling? So you've been in denial about your true belief because that's so liberating. Do you want to play around with just using your imagination to loosen things up and to start playing and interacting with physical reality in a different way or the unseen reality in a different way? How, if at all, do you want to start playing around with your imagination or do you want to start and dive in with your expectations and start going around asking, what's the very best that could happen in this situation? What's the very best that could happen here? And then you can just start to, "Ha, huh, this is my usual expectation of how things are going to work out. This is another aspect of me. When I ask the question, "What? what's the very best that can happen? That shows me a different aspect of myself I haven't really embodied yet or even visited yet. It's a part of the totality of who I am that's been quite silent and not lived yet. And I think I might fancy playing around with a different identity. And then if you want to, you can choose something that's fairly easily believable for you that you're going to get. And apply that process that I demonstrated through my client work and see if you can get to a like a knowing it's on its way. So start with something that is fairly easily believable. So I'd love to know how you get on. Or if you disagree with me and you've got a different view of the raw material of reality creation, I'd love to know if you've played with any aspect of it and if you want more of an outside point of view or a shortcut to knowing what your current beliefs are, your emotional set point, what the A's call your point of perfect potential, the area of your life that if you started shifting now would have the biggest impact on all other areas of your life. Um, or some more ideas of how to start shifting your reality, then you are more than welcome to book a consultation with the A's. So I put the link in the show notes. I'd love to channel for you if that feels right. Otherwise, go play. Go play. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye for now.